Welcome to Protect Our Past. I'm Ellen Briggs, founder and president of the nonprofit organization Protect Our Past, and we focus on using the media to educate and advocate for saving the wonderful, iconic, historic houses at the Cape. Time is flying. Matt is my co-host, and I'm just amazed. It's the end of 2022. I can't believe it, Ellen. You know what's really amazing is that WOMR continues to let us come in here and, and tape a program. That's impressive. Maybe you're maybe you're have something going on behind the scenes to force that, or is it just that we're just fun to be with? I think it's the latter. Okay. I really do. I'll, I'll go with that. I'll go with that. So, Protector Pass has just recently released a film called A Love Letter to Cape Cod. And you can see it on our website. It's about 30 minutes, and I think you're going to love it. Yes, pun intended. But it, if you love Cape Cod, you're going to be interested in seeing this film. Uh, we want to really save the essence of what Cape Cod is all about, and we have a guest today that's going to help us see more and more why that's so important. Um, but before I get, keep going, I want to talk about the Friends of Pop. Uh, if you are interested in protecting the past and you want to become help a friend out, of pop, become a, a pop friend. Yes, right. Yeah, but pop we, nation. Pop nation. Oh, that's something we can go toward. But it, what we're all about is uh, producing films, media, pop reels, uh, so that we can we can expose what is so important about the historic quality of this cape, the fabric, and uh, inspire you to help us save. There we are. So, yes, let's, let's just go right our, our to guest. our guest. We have a guest yeah. today. Yeah, he's a he's a way cool guest. He is a cool yeah, guy. I'm ready. Okay. Well, Tim Smith, who's the owner of Minglewood Homes, is a notable builder in historic restorations and renovations. Longtime Chatham resident, Chatham native. Um, hi, Tim. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. All right. So, Tim. Um, I live in Cape, in Chatham. I live in Cape Cod, but it's in Chatham. And any time I drive around and see an historic house that's being restored beautifully, because not all of them are, but the ones that are really well done, I always associate them with you. And then I see the sign. It's Minglewood. Tell us why you have taken such a great interest in doing this for Chatham and the area. Perhaps you go, you do, you're outside of Chatham as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I I got into this as a as a as a kid, I suppose, um, back in the '80s, probably 20 years old, working on a couple of older houses, and um, you know, digging under the houses, trying to save some of the floor joists, and so that's how I sort of started in this, and that was actually in the old village, um, that was at the old Ivy Cottage, so that was with one of my brothers doing that, so we sort of started that, uh, my brother Jack had restored that a long time ago. So that was sort of my beginning of it. And um, just really, you know, it's that old building, that old feel, they're very neat. You don't, you know, it's always very interesting to me to see, you know, kind of go through the house, see what we can do to save the house, um, see what needs to be done, what the materials are, how good of shape the house is. And we've been into some that are in terrible, terrible shape, but we can bring them back. Uh, so that's key. Oh, I love that phrase, bring them back. But what is it about the materials that are used to build those old houses that inspire you to want to save it? Um, well, 
there's a lot of different stories in each house, right? Each house is usually built by the owner of the house. So there's different stories in that house of how they were built by um, the people building them and, and different materials. Uh, there's different eras of the buildings that we see, older. Um, you know, the oldest ones that we've restored have been built with, um, you know, half-sawn trees with bark still on them as floor joists. That's sort of the older beginning of it all where they would just have a couple of um, granite corners and then they would do the outside they, usually the outside boxes were sort of a hand-hewn kind of setup but then the floor joist would be a, a tree that was just flattened out on the top of the bark a lot of cedar mm-hmm. we we'll run into the cedar with that and then it goes on and then you get into a little bit more of the post and beam where it's the hand-hewn beams um, a little bit bigger they probably were I don't know if a lot of that wood was coming from here. Maybe it came down from Plymouth area or something like that off Cape, maybe up, up more towards the bridge. Because um, we are down in this lower area, as you know, on quite the sandbar. So, <laughs> um, But it was it was very, uh, you know, that you get into that. And then you can keep going on and on and on in different houses. And, you know, houses are historic, you know, back in the, you know, even the 19... 19- 10s, 20s, 30s, you know, those are neat houses too. The old Sears style, Sears and Roebuck houses, the way they were built. So all different materials that you can see. Um, some of the some of the different styles that you see. That's interesting, Tim. And, you know, I was doing my homework before the show, looking at your website. By the way, you can uh, get more information about Tim's work at www.minglewoodhomes.com. Do I have that right? Yes, you do. Okay. Um, I noticed that you've um, won a lot of preservation awards over over almost 20 years you've been in Mm. business almost 30 years and in 2019 you had a preservation award 2010 and um, 2020 and Mm. i noticed that all of them are in the same area almost like within a half mile uh, on silver leaf and in and i guess what we call the old village true true yes um well we've done a lot in the old village because there's that's the national historic register those houses are are deemed to be saved Mm -hmm. you're not going to tear those down we have a lot of historic preservation awards outside of that area too, where clients and are taking that on that responsibility on themselves, saying, "Well, this is a neat old house; we'd love to save it." So, mm-hmm. um, and that's outside of the old village, yeah. which is which is important too. Mm-hmm. That's that's huge. So, you know, Barcliffe Avenue, um, Silverleaf, many areas there that we've done houses that aren't in the old village, but that old village is very concentrated with the most historic homes uh-huh. in Chatham, and. Um, you know, now I think in, they've just delineated another area that would be sort of like that up in South Chatham. So, oh, interesting. Um, it's uh, you know, it's that's that's the old village area, yeah. but it's very neat stuff to see in there. Well, it is, and you know, when you gave me the tour of the house over on Main Street, the Sumner Mayo House last yeah. week, um, the house is being uh, elevated, and so a new foundation right. could be put in place. And what I found very interesting is that when you look at the underside of the building it's the underside of the building that tells a story right true true so that house um was sitting on brick that was it brick it had a brick foundation maybe two courses into the dirt sat there for 200 years on this brick foundation but very they didn't dig it very deep so it was very limited on a crawl space in there to get in there so you really couldn't tell what you're getting into until we got underneath of it so we hire the lifting company, Sylvester's, uh, Sylvester House Lifting. They do a lot of stuff up here in P-Town, I'm sure. They're, they're doing stuff all over the Cape. And when they get into it, then you start to see what you have. And um, 
Many, this particular house had additions added onto it in three or four different sections, but you could see the old section of the house, which was very fun to f find out. It was a, a small full cape with a center front door mm -hmm. with an L, uh, L off the back, which was the kitchen and facing the water. So very modest house, but it was kind of fun to see how that was. And you can still see some of the old shingles on the wall where they added on, um, we we got into the inside before we lifted it and sort of started to gut it out and saw, you know, you could see where an exterior window was at one point in that kitchen. And and that's, you see that, that's kind of a, a, a for us, that's a fun thing to find. Sure. You know, the history of the house. Um, but I think that's sort of with you, and I know with a lot of the historic sort of, that's left that way and now that you go in and redo it that's going to stay that way it's still going to be there so somebody in another 200 years will come in and be able to say oh gee so this is how it originally was 400 years ago you know so well well you know. that's that's I, I hope everybody's inspired by that i want to ask you though when um you have a client who calls you because you, they find the house mm -hmm. then they have to find someone to help them with the house so rather mm -hmm. you find the house and then find a buyer, it's the other way around, right? Yes, yes. So the first, I'm assuming that since they call you, they're already interested in the historic um, yes. value yep. of the house. Yep. But you run into situations where you have an historic house and a new buyer says, well, I don't know if I want to save this. It's, let's say it's not in a historic district, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. they have the option of, of getting rid of it perhaps. How do you communicate with them to maybe inspire them to to save the right well usually they're going to call us up on a lot of if they're in the old and we do both we do new and old but in an old house when they're calling us they're usually in the mindset that they want to sort of see about how they can save the house because you really can't these old houses you can build a a, a new house to feel old but it's never going to have that same um, charm and as we said it's not going to have the soul of that old house that that old house has. You always have that cozy feeling, that warm texture there that mm -hmm. you get with these older houses. So we approach them. We want, we'll walk around the house with them. When they, you know, we usually do, always do a walk outside and try to see what the foundation's looking like and see if the house is sitting in the dirt. That's, you know, that's the kiss of death for any house is sitting in the dirt. So, um, and we look around a lot of the, you can see a lot of the structural problems above ground um, on the second floor with the trim details when things settle you sort of know that there's a problem down below mm -hmm. and we're all about soul at pop right ellen right. yes pop indeed. is soul yes and see yeah. and and so is the soul um is, do you feel the soul because you because of the wood the what what is used to yeah, build it or yeah. what is it that it's, gives it's, you that feeling it's the materials it's the size of the houses the size of the rooms you know the you know, um, there's a, there's a lot to it. You know, the the window, the way the windows are, they're not big palladium window. You know, it's it has that charming, you know, keep it warm in the winter time. Back when the winters were a little colder, feel to it. Um, but what we try to do is with the houses is when we're saving them, we want to bring it to the you know to the modern era of a house. Yep. We don't have to go there yet, but we can. But um, try to save that house and bring it into modern and living. So let's get right to the heart of that because so there's a misconception that you can't live a modern house in a historic house and you are living proof that you can. You sure. want to explain that? Absolutely. You can do all of that. Um, 
open a wall here, get a little bigger cased opening. Um, but yes, all new bathrooms, new plumbing, new electric, everything's modern. Um, everything's up brand new in the house as far as mechanicals, new heat. New kitchen, granite countertops, tile backsplashes. Um, While you know, preserving some of the historic appointments of absolutely. the house. Absolutely. Um, we'll find, you know, a lot of the times we'll find floor joists that are beautiful in a, in a ceiling, and we'll treat those so we can have those exposed, mm -hmm. you know, the old floor joists. Um, uh, you know, some corner beams and walls. If we run into a lot of post and beam and we can kind of make it look nice with a post and beam, we'll try to expose a couple of the corners. So if we can expose, the, the most we can expose that is old, the, the better the feel. Um, you run into a little different feel with that in the kitchen because we don't, you know, try to make that more clean and modern and, and, and style like that. We try to, we'll probably won't expose a lot of beams in there, but in, in living rooms and dining rooms, it's wonderful. You know, people love that. So what we can find. Yeah, and I was reading one of your client uh, references or testimonials, um, quote, they said, we didn't know where to begin. And I guess you just sort of described to us, where do you begin? Because the restoration journey is a long one. And okay. usually the hardest part of any journey is the first step that you take. So. Right, right. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot to it. A lot, a lot to, you know. Ideally, if you don't have to pick the house up and put a new foundation underneath of it, well, that's wonderful, great. But that's a lot of the times that's what we run into. And um, that's going to save the life of that house. And mm -hmm. so a lot of these people, maybe they're buying it to have in for generations for their generations and their grandchildren and their grandchildren's grandchildren. Looking at it that way, well, they're going to, if they can save it and they keep going on, it's uh, even a better house in, you know, another 200 years would be, is, you know, kind of a fun house to have family you know memories in over time and particularly over the holidays yeah yeah <laughs> i think of having new year celebrating new year's in historic yeah, house yeah. How and, fun and is that? by the way for our uh WOMR listeners that are just joining us, we are with Tim Smith, who is the owner of Minglewood Homes based in Chatham, and he's telling us about some of his restoration endeavors and the work he's done over the past 30 years. Yep. Um, Tim, I also went before we, um, for the show, you mentioned that you've, you've built not just in New England, but you've built out in the Pacific Northwest. I think you said you've built down in the D.C. area as well mm -hmm. as the Rockies. So yep. you sort of have a big perspective on on restoration and it's not just specific to the work you do here on the cape correct yeah as a younger man i was working all over the country um uh, in different areas um but nothing you know you don't run into the old stuff that you do here um not as old as it is on in on the northeast you know which is i ideally you know it's a unique to this area and that's what makes this area so charming and nice and what people want to come to is because of these this feel of this place and the older feel of it and the history of it. Mm -hmm. We have a, a, a one of our solutions to try and inspire people to mm -hmm. save historic houses um, is called the rescue plan, the pop mm -hmm. rescue plan. In which case, we have say an owner has bought a house and they in fact there are, I can think of a couple of examples that are pending right now that the owner doesn't know what they're going to do with the house and it's a historic house. Mm -hmm. So we send a historic preservationist to meet with the owner, the builder, in that case it may be you, but you're already on this good track, so maybe you wouldn't need it, but other um, builders may not have the same knowledge that you have. So we send an historic preservationist to go and 
meet with the owner and explain what all the historic assets of the house are and and hoping that that will influence them to save it and restore it as you would. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not just torn down because so often I have, um, and right in my neighborhood, examples of houses that the owner was told by the builder, I'll just get rid of it, it's better, safer, whatever, to just mm-hmm. get rid of it and build new. And these beautiful old homes have just been you know, raised to mm-hmm. the ground. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if you think that that is a plan that can be really effective by educating the, the owner. Absol- absolutely. I think if you can, um, you know, give them an idea of what can the final product can be for them and still have the character of the house, that's important. Um, I'm sure a lot of that comes down to finances as well because that can be, yes. you know, that's a big pushing point you know that's that's the turning point of is it going to be effective or or can i afford to do it this way um and i think that a preservationist would be able to really lead them in the right direction and and try to you know there's a lot of things being done to try to make it so that things are saved um more and more so i think that a preservationist would be a great way great well if you ever need it let us know but i have a feeling you're pretty effective just on your own well we try that's right what else, right. what else we got? What else uh, do we have to ask I have another him? question. I have another, okay, I'm go ahead. I'm always full of questions. Right? Sure. Um, so when you find um, beautiful remnants of the past mm-hmm. in a house mm-hmm. that you aren't going to use, mm-hmm. what do you do? It? Do you do repurpose? I mean, I, it sounds like you repurpose as much as you can right. in the house. But what do you do with the rest? Do they go to the dump? or? No, 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 no. So, um, well, there's a lot of different things. Like we found some neat stuff in old houses. Um one of the houses called the Nautilus House. We got into that, lifted that up, and um, floor joists were actually ship masts. They had oh, cut up a ship wow. mast. The seer sucked it off the beach, got it up, and you could still see, you know, the ship mast with the rings. You know, they had the old sail ran up with the rings. You could see the wear runs on the rings on 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 the mast. So we try to expose those um, and leave those, leave stuff like that. Don't take that out. Leave right. that. Work around that. Um, you know, a lot of the times if you're, you know, we try not to cut out structural beams if we can help it and try to place them somewhere else because that's never quite right. Um, we would rather find it where where it is and, you know, if it's post and beam, if we can expose the way the post and beam has been done, we would try to do that more so than cutting a beam out of a floor and putting it in a wall somewhere and exposing it. You know, we try to utilize what's been done there and try to expose the beauty of what they did in the past. Mm -hmm. And speaking of rings, Ellen, um, are you proposing? (laughs) What's happening here? (laughs) Well, no, you're on this big kick these days about old growth wood versus new growth wood. And I I wanted to ask Tim about that um, because obviously in your work, you can see the difference between wood that was used at the turn of the century or even in the early 19th century um, versus the wood that is used now to build new construction. Yeah, yeah, yes, definitely. Um, the old wood is much harder, much more resilient, stronger um, than this, you know, the SPF that you get now, which is fast growth wood. It's, you know, it's going to rot a lot quicker than, you know, we have a house 200 years that we were just in the other day sitting pretty close to the ground and the dirt and there's pretty there's rot but minimal rot compared to if that was a 
um, new wood and sat in there for 20 years, it would be rotted and have to be all replaced. So definitely that older wood is much, much better. Mm-hmm. Better oils in it to keep it, you know, from getting the bugs and things like that. So definitely much better material. But we don't have that to that anymore. Does that answer your question, Ellen? Well, I can think of another one, though. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm going to get back to the repurposing. So the wood that you, I know you work really hard to repurpose what is found in that house. Mm-hmm. But if there's some things that you will not be using, mm-hmm. where does that well, go? Well, sometimes for our clients, we'll take up floor, you know, some of the floors come up, you know, mm-hmm. the floorboards and right. stuff. Right. Um, and some of the beams, we've milled up this stuff and made it into dining room tables for them. Oh, yay. You know, giving them oh, their dining room cool. table. Um, that's sort of a gift we'll give some of our clients in the past. Um, just yes. to, you know, using that's That's a lot of the wood that we get is the floorboards, right. which are great. You know, some wide, the wider the floorboards, the better. And everybody loves that. So we'll save that. We'll... Um, if we can repurpose that in, in that house, if we say we've got a floor that comes up out of everywhere and we're going to redo the floors, we'll try to save some of those. And if we can repurpose those in another room, we will to yeah, do that. But, um, you know, that's mostly what we get. We're not getting all the beams, really, unless right. we have, right. um, you know, a sim- we had a situation over on water street where we had to lift the house up we were going to lift it one way we had to lift it another way because the floors were all rotted with powder post beetle but there were some beams in there that we were able to save so we saved those and we still have those in the house stockpiled we haven't used them anywhere and i don't know if we will use them anywhere um but they're still you know we we run into that every so often but mostly it's the flooring that we Mm -hmm. run into which is beautiful stuff beautiful what about tradesmen are you having do you have enough people at your fingertips to do that that wonderful intimate work with the wood or um wood wise well everybody's having a hard time finding help these days for sure and and skilled labor and um we feel lucky we've got some young guys with us that we're teaching the the ropes to and they're going to hopefully take this along for a long ride with them over their life so um we're lucky that way but all the trades are tough, tough to find. But, and it's, you know, when we get to the house to a certain point, it's, we're pulling in the plumbers and the electricians and, and the HVAC guys. They're the same ones that will do a new house as well. That's all a brand new, but it's more of trying to figure out the undercarriage. It's a, it's a unique puzzle. And, um, you know, I'll still get in there every so often and give some direction if I have to. Right. And Tim, how about a client that may not necessarily understand or appreciate the importance of preserving something that has some degree of historical merit. Um, how do you approach them or educate, enlighten them on the importance of preserving something versus just raising it and, and erecting new? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm yeah. sure that's kind of a fine line, right? Because yeah. you have to deliver on, on what the client wants. True. You do. You need to, the client is the, you know, it's their home and outside of the historic um, neighborhoods, they're going to approach us because they have a passion themselves for trying to save that. Mm -hmm. And if we can talk them into, um, I have met clients before where I've been leading them in the direction of going and saying, save the barn, let's restore the barn in this wing and maybe you work on the house and maybe you take this section of the house off, but you save the oldest parts, so on and so forth. And I've 
gone back and not gotten the job and the house has been torn down and built brand new. And that happens. But a lot of people will approach us. Are to, you okay over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm having a fit. <laughs> but a lot of the people will, will speak with us because they do have that idea already in their minds mm-hmm. on, on doing that. And, um, and, and we're glad to help them out with that because, yeah. you know, it's, a, it's an important part of it. Mm-hmm. Minglewood. What is the... Yeah, tell us what that Minglewood. means. Well, Minglewood. Minglewood was a it's an old uh, it's an old name I've had for a long time. But it's I, back in the day when I was a kid, it was a, a little song of the Grateful Dead played for a long time, the Minglewood Blues, and I love that song. And but we always thought of it mingling the woods together, mingling the old and the new together. Like it. Whoa! I never I like put it. that together right. before. This is so, awesome. Some people might relate it one way and another way. You need to have a song. I mean, you need to put this together with music. You know, you've got to know. We could take the original score. We yeah, could, we could. Yeah, right. we definitely right. need to do that. And then you can do a TikTok to that. Yeah? I could, yeah. yes. Yeah, I think that would be All right. You could as do long as Matt. Matt's on it. Matt, right. Matt right. would be good. All right, I'm looking forward to that. I don't have much vocal range, but I'll do my best. You right. can, you you can, can dance. Yeah, right. You can okay. move and shake. Right? Like a bear. Like a, oh, I didn't know that one. We learn something every day about you, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. Um, I just wanted to talk about a quote real quick, and I think we're going to have to wind up pretty soon. But this is, I don't know if you know the architect Paul Goldberger. Um, He's an architect critic, sorry. And he has a quote saying, architecture is about the long haul. It is here to say that something that mattered yesterday still matters today, and more important, will still matter tomorrow. It is still a way that the generations speak to each other. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on that? I like the last part of that statement the best because the generations will speak, to, you know, together. It's just you have an old house and you have your young children that come into this old house and they grow up in this house, this old house, and then their children, grandchildren come in and it's, it's something that they'll always remember. You know, it's that heartwarming feel that you're – any. Home is where the heart is, for sure. But it's kind of fun with these older homes that they can sort of think about, wow, geez, who was here back 200 years ago? I'm in a 200-year-old house. Even even 10-year-old kids think about that. Yeah. You know? They hey, really do. Ellen, our time is getting very small. I can't believe we're wrapping up for the year. It's oh been a great gosh. run. We, we hope that we get invited back in 2023. You think? And we'd like to thank WOMR again for oh, their support. Yes. We've had a great time. Yes. Um, any last things, shop well, floor we, items we, we need ended, to shop up, uh, we had sweep up? We had the greatest last guest, so we're excited for that. And we want to thank you, Tim, for being our guest today. Absolutely, yeah, my pleasure, And, you, and yeah. we wish you a happy new year. Thank you. And we wish all sure. the listeners a happy new year. 2023 is going to be a really great year. We've got some great plans for guests for 2023. I'm excited. Yeah, and we're going to close out with the quote. Oh, yeah. Well, first of all, let's get everybody to go to our website. Yes, uh, www.protectourpast.org. You can see other content on a variety of other social media outlets on our Instagram. Instagram, Protect Our Past. Facebook, Protect Our Past. YouTube channel. USA. YouTube's lots of pop reels and more films. We have, of course, Love Letter to Cape Cod's our most recent, but we have Once Lost, Gone Forever. I think you may have been in that one, actually, Tim. I'll have to go back and look at that. But we, uh, we're, we've got a lot of fun media for you to enjoy. It, we want to make history fun. We want to make restoration and fun. And we're working we hard to Cape preserve Cod. Cape Cod. And we're, we're moving, going over the islands as well. So we'll yes. talk about that. 
All right. So are we ready for the quote? Let's. I think it's your turn. Uh, it's my turn. Yeah. Okay. So we conclude every show with the quote by John Sawhill. In the end, our society will be defined not only by what we create, by what we refuse to destroy. Think about it. Until next time, folks. Thank Until next year. Until next year. Yeah. And happy t new year. <laughs> yes, I'm excited. It's going to be a great year. And oh. Thank you for being our co-host, Matt. You were just tremendous. And Alan Sam, I love working with you and uh, look forward to next year. Indeed. Bye-bye. <laughs>